Welcome to Data Driven Recruiting. In this podcast, we talk about strategies and techniques for leveraging objective talent data to improve hiring processes. Welcome back to Data Driven Recruiting. My name is Sophia Beck, and I'm joined by my co host, Tigran Sloyan. Hi, hey, Hi Tigran. Hey, Sophia. We're back to uh, remote data driven recruiting filmings. This is, I'm getting used to this. So, even when we're allowed to go back to in person, this might be the way to go. So, yeah, this is nice. Okay. <laughs> well, so today's topic, um, mm-hmm. I think it's a really, really interesting one. Uh, let's talk about the pros and cons of, you know, automated assessment versus human driven assessment mm-hmm. in technical recruiting. And absolutely. And just to kind of clarify what what each one means, right? So yeah, that's I sometimes call them like an automated interview versus a human driven interview because when you say assessment, people don't really know what that means because everything is mm. an assessment. So like a, almost everybody knows what an interview is. So let's clarify what's an automated interview, what's a human driven interview. Yeah. Automated interview is known by many names. Some call it a mm. uh, take home test, some call it a coding challenge, and, but like I prefer automated interview because I think it sets high expectations, first of all, from what your assessment should be able to accomplish. Because when you mm-hmm. call it something else, you're you have inevitably lowering your expectations of the signal that you're going to get. Whereas an automated interview is what it should be, right? It should be getting as good of a signal as a human could have gotten, but in an automated way. Uh, right. And which is, you know, very familiar to most people. It's a it's an engineer gets on the phone with a candidate, uh, asks them some questions within an hour, and then sees how well they perform. Some of these are done just completely uh, just over the phone. Others are done mm-hmm. when there is like some sort of an opportunity to code together, either through screen share or some sort of a tool that helps you collaborate together on a piece of code and understand how well you've performed. And then it's on the human to judge uh, how well you've done and do you move forward or not. So right. now that we have and the definitions are more or less clear, I'm hoping in terms of. Yeah. And I think so the automated interview, I guess mm-hmm. the, the difference between that and, you know, something people will call take on test. It would be, I think, mm-hmm. yeah, first the the accuracy and the, the level of a signal you're getting on that person's skill. And then I think, I guess another point would be that, um, Take home tests, you can it doesn't have to be automated, right? You just send it off. People can take sure. hours, hours, or days and days. And then yeah, it comes back and then you have to like just review. So it's different yep. from that that in that it's um, it's meant to also increase the efficiency of, of that and also make, you know, leveling the playing field. Because you know, if one person does take, you know, three days to work on a problem versus another mm-hmm. person two hours, that's like a completely mm-hmm. different uh you know, playing field. So that's great. Okay. And then the human driven one, it can be both physical, like in person as well as online. Right. Yep. Yep. Uh, and the other, the other thing about automated interviews is that it would ideally replace the human interview instead of being an additional step. So a lot of people, when they say putting challenge for a take home assessment, they think of it as like a pre-filter after which there is like a one human interview probably mm. over the phone and then you go to an on-site interview. When I say automated interview, that means you do it instead of a human interview. So you save right. the time that that 
engineer was going to spend. And I guess it's a good kind of moment to jump into what are the pros and cons, right? Like what's the, yeah, uh, uh, yeah why, not, why not automate it all? It sounds so great. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's, I guess, start from the benefits of why you, you should automate them all. Uh, I mean, first uh-huh. of all, it's saving engineering time, right? Like if you're hiring, if you're scaling, obviously you don't have enough mm-hmm. engineers. So if you're spending those engineering hours on interviews and many of them end up being not successful interviews, that means you've just wasted even more uh, in a situation where you don't. Now you're taking that uh, supply of engineering deficit and then putting it towards an activity that's meant to fix it. So right, it creates right. a lot of frictions. The problem. Mm-hmm. Especially at high growth companies. I mean, high growth companies, unicorn companies, in many cases, are trying to double their engineering workforce. When you're trying to double your yeah. engineering workforce and you're having your engineers conduct all of these interviews, all of a sudden your product is in a state of paralysis where they cannot do anything because they're just sitting on interviews because you've got yeah, a small I mean, engineering team. Yeah, every day your calendar, you have a two or three, you know, interviews on your calendar, mm-hmm. that means also switching costs. You know, if you're in the mode, in the, in the state of a coding and like solving problems to like, suddenly you have to talk to somebody and then get to know them, assess their skills and then coming back, mm-hmm. I think it just throws off not just the exact time that they are spending on interviewing, but just the overall. And I mean, Absolutely. also talk about, it's like you have to train them to conduct yeah. a good interview. Right. So it's not yeah, like you I mean, can just like throw somebody in and that's right. it. Right. You have to, you know, prep, prep them. Um, they have to spend time thinking about what questions to ask, how to ask, mm-hmm. what are we assessing and also, you know, debrief and pre-brief all that stuff. So it is a lot Absolutely. of hours we're talking about. And like yeah. writing down feedback after, uh, after the call as well. Right. So, but I think mm-hmm. the, the most underappreciated portion of, how much effort it takes from a single engineer to conduct an interview is that uh, switching cost as well as the demotivation from having just been on an unsuccessful interview, right? Because right. like, you know, switching cost is one thing, but when you just came off feeling mm-hmm. like you just wasted an hour for no good reason, it's really demotivating yeah. to be able to get back in the groove of like solving problems and working on a product. So I think that portion is hard to measure. But I feel like it's mm-hmm. a it's a massive component of the engineering hours wasted. But that's not the only reason. That's not the only advantage, right? Like another huge advantage when it comes to the candidate experience piece is the freedom of scheduling. Like when you have mm. to do a human-driven interview, you have to align schedules. And most great candidates are employed right now and have a, their day job, right? So when you're trying right. to schedule an interview with somebody, you have to align schedules. I have to find a place to hide from my current employer and a call mm-hmm. with you on work hour. Uh, whereas in an automated state, I can do it on my couch tonight uh, while sipping some, you know, wine on the side uh, and my feet up somewhere, right? Just so I'm like relaxed uh, and I don't have to be stressed out regarding doing the taking an hour in the middle of work to do it. And then yeah. last but yeah. not least, it's the... Uh, the comfort of doing something without being watched by another human being, because that's also, it's not a good simulation of a job. Because if you're interviewing someone, ideally your interview is a simulation of what they'll be doing on the job. And being watched and potentially critiqued on what you're doing is not necessarily a 
good simulation of the job. So in an and also it's an like, mm -hmm. go ahead. Yeah, in an automated state, you've got uh, you're just sitting there by yourself, and which is way more realistic rather than being watched and having to talk through what you're doing, which is another problem, right? Like most of the time, you don't you're not expected to sit there silently and do it. You're supposed to talk and do it, which adds a multitasking. Mm -hmm. And which again is not necessarily part of evaluation for the job. It's just a byproduct of a human-driven interview. Right, right. So you can kind of like think through problems and doesn't have to necessarily get you know interrupted every you know other line when you're writing codes and then ask to explain why did you just do that, right? So exactly, you can see that the exactly. pressure is less. And when the pressure is less, right. in terms of like just mm -hmm. there comfortable state, I think that really helps candidates to do their best, right? And that's what we want to sure. know, not necessarily how this person work under pressure, but like how this person mm -hmm. um, can solve a problem, technical problem um, in a normal state. Yeah, yep. it makes sense. And I guess, you know, last but not least, I'll mention one more point and we can talk about some of the advantages of doing a human-driven interview because it sounds mm -hmm. so far that it's, there's only disadvantages. Uh, but I'll mention one more disadvantage, which is very important. It's the bias, right? Like when you do mm -hmm. early on human-driven interviews, you just cannot control the bias. I mean, I know a lot of you know large, well-known companies who really care about having an equitable process their interviewers, which again, and I'm spent not building the product, which is the main job of that uh, engineer. They do have trainings, but there is a lot of research that shows that no matter how much training you have, the unconscious bias that exists that's triggered by everything from seeing the person's right. face to hearing their voice, every single little thing triggers a bias and can potentially right. skew the interview result versus something that the the gender the color of the skin of the candidate didn't come into play because the automated assessment doesn't care at all what you look or sound like it's all about have you been able mm -hmm. to perform the task that was given to you right right it's almost like enabling like the unconscious bias because it's unconscious it's really hard to uh, get rid of it altogether. Like, I think we can try to mm -hmm. reduce it as much, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's definitely there. And if you have an option of not introducing the bias in as a structural process, I think that's definitely mm -hmm. a great advantage. Yeah. All okay, right. Well, so let's, let's talk move about into... some of the advantages. Yeah. Right. <laughs> of the human, so, human involved interview process. Yeah. So the main advantages of the human-driven interview is actually the human connection there, right? So like when you're talking to an engineer that you're going to be joining, it's like you're almost mm -hmm. interviewing them, right? Like you want to see how they think, how do they approach collaboration? So it's more of a giving a candidate an opportunity to interview the company, mm -hmm. which is just as important. Like interview is a bit, it's not a one-way street because eventually tables are turned if you give the candidate an offer or they need to to make based on their interactions with your company. Uh, so right. when it comes to kind of a human-driven interview, one big advantage is an, it's an opportunity to represent your company and a relationship that can lead to uh, a very positive, hopefully a very positive experience from a candidate. It gives a candidate an mm -hmm. opportunity to ask about engineering culture. It gives an opportunity to ask about how you 
do certain things and just creates kind of a a an opportunity for your engineer conducting the interview to really sell the company to represent it in a way where the candidate can feel very kind of good about it at the end of the day. Right. Uh, so I mean, one. yes. Mm -hmm. And kind of to follow up on that, you know, candidate, you know, they want to know that the colleagues and peers that they are going to work with is at mm -hmm. a certain level, right? Mm -hmm. The caliber, exactly. she needs to yep. be there. Uh, so you want to make sure also during that interview, this person actually is someone I, I can learn from and I'd right. like to collaborate with. So, and that is an yep. important step before you make a decision to go work for somebody, you do want to meet the mm -hmm. people who are going to be my colleagues and make sure mm -hmm. that's there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And the second main advantage of human-driven interviews is just the slightly more nuanced approach a human can take uh, from giving slight hints whenever the person gets stuck to... Uh, oh. You know, potentially adjusting the question by understanding their skill level or by taking it into a different direction. And again, you have, want to be doing it very carefully because by adjusting the question too much, you can again potentially break the structure of the interview and introduce bias in there. Mm -hmm. But an interviewer that's highly experienced can uh, be a little bit more fluid in the assessment of the candidate by adjusting uh, the narrative or the approach in the middle of the interview and getting a more precise signal than what an automated interview can produce. Right, right. You can, as an interview, you can ask the candidate whether, kind of ask the candidate to repeat the question and see mm -hmm. whether the candidate actually understood the question correctly. If you see that, right. you know, the candidate is going into the different direction, then you can kind of mm -hmm. stop and, hey, let's kind of a clarify what do you think is the question being asked and then really help them just get unstuck because it's not about um, maybe the, the question was not clear um, in the description or how it's asked and you know that's not necessarily uh, you know dependent on the candidate's skill set so as a interviewer who's very experienced I think you can in, yeah intervene in the middle and then course correct as they go so that they can really focus on the skill right and just to comment on that, and I, yeah. like as practice, I don't think the interviewer should be, even if they're really experienced, they shouldn't be the one playing the initial prompt of the question because mm -hmm. uh, uh, like humans are very bad at being consistent with their explanations. So ideally, the question should be written down. So whatever tool mm -hmm. you're using, when, when you're asking the candidate a question, ideally, you give them a short write-up of, here is the question, please read it. And that's just down for consistency, right? Because if it's left to the interviewer to like describe the initial prompt, I mean, depending on if they ha are having a good day or a bad day, or if this is before lunch or after lunch, I might explain it well, or I might completely wing it. And depending yeah. on that, all of a sudden you've got an advantage or a disadvantage for the candidate, which is not good. So ideally you want written right. down explanation, which if the candidate has follow-up questions on, you can explain, but you don't want that initial prompt to be just in the interview or two and hope that they do a good job every time. Right, right. And then also if there are more than one interview and you have a structured interview process where you ask the same question, yeah, then mm -hmm. different people can explain problems in different ways and give exactly. advantage to one or the other. And I guess that's another part. Um, I mean, you, you can also argue that 
candidate's ability to read instructions and understand mm-hmm. the problem quickly is a part of the uh, problem solving skills, right? And you mm-hmm. can, and it can be more of like if uh, this question has been solved by, you know, hundreds of candidates and they were able to interpret it correctly and then proceed. And, you know, then you see one candidate who's completely off. I think that could be also, mm-hmm. one can argue, uh, it's about their ability to understand the problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Any other advantages about having a human-driven interview? I think that's mostly it. And I think kind of if we're talking about the bottom line, just to kind of summarize the way mm-hmm. I think our approach is, is I think both have their interesting they have to to be in a slightly different place in the process, right? So I, most phone interviews, phone technical interviews are meant to just be, hey, let's determine like a some basic bar just so we can say, mm-hmm. should we bring this candidate on site? Should we spend several hours with them doing a human-driven interview? So human-driven mm-hmm. interviews are going to be there regardless. So the question is like, do you have them both on site as well as on a phone interview stage or do you just have them on site? I do think most phone interviews should just go into an automated interview because the automated mm-hmm. interview can very quickly tell you if you know the candidate meets the minimum bar for you to commit to an onsite. Uh, mm-hmm. And it can do it in while having all of the advantages we talked about, right? It can have the freedom of scheduling, it can have the consistency of the interview. It can have all of the other benefits that we talked about. Uh, and then you still get the other component when they come on site. When they come on site, they still get to meet your engineers and understand your engineering culture. You do get to do a little bit more nuanced and like exactly understand where their skill level is. So you do get mm-hmm. all the other benefits when when you're interviewing them on an on-site stage. So you don't have to do it twice to get all of the benefits that we talked about from a human-based interview. I see. So bottom line is both have a great pros um, and ideally you want to structure the automated interview to come first so that you can save a lot of time mm-hmm. and get good signals and then um, kind of end with the human driven interview where you can get a, another depth and another kind of a perspective on the candidate's assessment. Yeah. And I guess one thing we didn't touch about, about the automated interview coming first, it just gives you leverage to really talk to a lot uh, versus just kind of uh, having to interview as many people as your engineers could interview. But an automated one, you really can like open up the funnel and assess a lot more people than you otherwise could. Right. Because the cost of a doing technical assessment is lower from the employer's perspective. So you can give benefit of doubts and just say, hey, anybody who can solve this and do well, just come uh, talk to us. We want to hire you. It just gives gives leverage. It's massive leverage. Right. Yeah. And I think that's very important, especially uh, a lot of times recruiters feel like they don't have enough qualified candidates. But if we just approach you can really widen your uh, net and identify candidates who are really good. But, you know, maybe you wouldn't have been able to keep a, a benefit of doubt in the first place. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your insights today. And thanks for joining us. 
Uh, for more tips and advice on data-driven recruiting, please visit dbr.cosignal.com.